Hi, I'm Billy Overeater. But before taking drastic action, which might implicate other people, we secure their consent. If we have obtained permission, have consulted with others, ask God to help, and the drastic step is indicated, we must not shrink. This brings to mind a story about one of our friends. While drinking, he accepted a sum of money from a bitterly hated business rival, giving him no receipt for it. He subsequently denied having received the money and used the incident as a basis for discrediting the man. He thus used his own wrongdoing as a means of destroying the reputation of another. In fact, his rival was ruined. He felt that he had done a wrong he could not possibly make right. If he opened that old affair, he was afraid it would destroy the reputation of his partner, disgrace his family, and take away his means of livelihood. What right had he to involve those dependent upon him? How could he possibly make public statement exonerating his rabble? After consulting with his wife and partner, he came to the conclusion that it would be better to make take those risks than to stand before his creator guilty of such a ruinous, ruinous slander. He saw that he had to place the outcome in God's hands or he would soon start drinking again and all would be lost anyhow. He attended church for the first time in many years. After the sermon, he quietly got up and made an explanation. His action met widespread approval and today he is one of the most trusted citizens of his town. This all happened years ago. The chances are that we have some domestic troubles. Perhaps we are mixed up with women in a fashion we couldn't care to have advertised. We doubt if, in this respect, alcoholics are fundamentally much worse than other people. But drinking does complicate sex relations at home. After a few years with an alcoholic, a wife gets worn out, resentful, and uncommunicative. How could she be anything else? The husband begins to feel lonely, sorry for himself. He commences to look around in the nightclubs or their equivalent for something besides liquor. Perhaps he is having a secret and exciting affair with a girl that understands. In fairness, we must say that she may understand, but what are we going to do about a thing like that? A man so involved often feels remorseful at times, especially if he is married to a loyal and courageous girl who has literally gone through hell for him. Whatever the situation, we usually have to do something about it. We are sure our wife, if we are sure our wife does not know, should we tell her? Not always, we think. If she knows in a general way what we have been, that we have been wild, should we tell her in detail? Undoubtedly, we should admit our fault. She may insist on knowing all the particulars. We will want to know who the woman, she will want to know who the woman is and where she is. We feel we ought to say to her that we have no right to involve another person. We are sorry for what we have done. God willing, it shall not be repeated. More than that we cannot do. We have no right to go further. Though there may be justifiable exceptions, and though we may wish to lay down no rule of any sort, we have often found this is the best course to take. Thank you, Billy. And today is October 22nd, 2023. 
Billy just read page 80 before we take drastic action up to and including page 81, whatever the situation. Now I am excited to introduce our speaker. She will speak for about 20 minutes on what was just read. Katie F., will you please share your experience, strength, and hope? Hi, I'm Katie F., a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And I'll qualify for a few minutes why I am sitting here and would want to give up my Sunday morning to uh, speak to people I don't even know. Um, I came to my first OA meeting when I was 14 years old. Um, I was probably 15 pounds overweight and um, thought that I had a problem with food. But then when I heard what the program was, I thought it was dumb and never went back. Uh, I came back to the rooms when I was 21. And by that time, I lost and gained uh, 20 to 40 pounds um, several times. And I uh, thought I did belong here. Um, so I stayed. But I did the, you know, one, two, three shuffle. I um, would put the food down and then uh, st stop calling a sponsor and uh, just kind of have something that re sort of resembled what I was saying I was going to do, but it, it never really did. And uh, there were periods where I really thought I was absent. I did the steps and just thought things were really going well, but, um, but the food was never really down. And uh, after five years of doing that, um, I picked up the food and um, I uh, sorry, someone was calling me and that was disruptive. Um, I picked up the food like I had not done for five years and I binged and could, you know, my eating was so out of control um, that it was, it was unbelievable <laughs> how out of control it was. And I um, was finally willing to do whatever I was told to do. And I finally understood that I truly was a compulsive overeater, that I wasn't like normal people um, when it came to food, that it wasn't just, um, and, and I had was completely powerless. So I found out about a very structured program and which at prior to that, when people talked about that kind of stuff, it was like fingernails on a chalkboard. I wanted nothing to do with that kind of structure. I wanted nothing to do with weighing and measuring. I thought that it was ridiculous. And by this time, um, I now weighed, uh, was 70 pounds overweight, approaching 200. And I even lied to myself about that. I don't know how much I weighed. And I'm very much a numbers person. I don't know what my cholesterol was. I don't want my uh, blood pressure was, I don't know how much I weighed. And I've had to live with that, um, you know, forever, because I got abstinent at my first meeting that I went to that offered this other way of life, that was truly studying the steps, working the steps, having all the food down, and being rigorously honest. Um, so that was October 7, 1987. So I've been abstinent for 36 years. And in those 36 years, I have lived a lot of life. Um, you know, it truly is, uh, we, we get a life beyond our wildest dreams. And I, you know, when I, I mean, Kim asked me, I don't know how many months ago it was that she asked me to speak 
um, on this meeting and we, you know, looked at the calendar and I mean, she didn't have, you know, this was one of the first week Sundays she had available. And so I said, yes, she told me then what pages I would be on. And, you know, did I look at it then? No, I just thought, well, it's in the one first 164 pages should be fine. So I finally was like, oh yeah, I probably should look at that. And uh, did that earlier this week started reflecting on it every day. And it's, you know, at first I thought, oh, I can't, what am I doing? I can't talk about that. I, you know, I didn't have affairs. I wasn't even married. I, you know, this is one of the parts of the big book that sounds so sort of corny, you know, when it says this all happened years ago and, you know, he's now a respected member of his town. It's like, you know, who's respected member of their town in this day and age, you know? So I identified out, which is such a old behavior of mine. But as I read it over and over again, God just kept bringing to mind so many things. Even this morning, while um, the person was reading it, Billy was reading it, I thought, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And, you know, thankfully, as I was reading this, I didn't think maybe I need to make more amends. but um, you know, wherever, whatever your situation in life, however, whatever station of life you're in, wherever you are, it's like, there are things that we have done that have harmed others. And I am no exception. And I would love to say that everything that came to mind happened more than 36 years ago, but it didn't. Um, some of the things happened you know, before I got married, I, cause I was single when I came in, I was still single for the first six years of my recovery. And I had a lot of guy friends. And since I've been married and I think about those relationships that I had, it's like, yeah, no wonder people didn't like me. Like no wonder people didn't, weren't comfortable with the questions I would ask or how I would want to be a part of things that was all couples, you know, it's like, what was I thinking? Like, uh, sure. There's a time and a place for that. And, and yes, I include single people in things that I do, but, um, I just had this attitude like that everybody sort of should help take care of me because I was single and living on my own and didn't have any family around. And, you know, just this crazy idea. And I think that that is one of the things that happens, um, you know, when we're quote living in 10, 11 and 12, you know, 10 is taking an inventory of the day. And there are a lot of things that have happened in the day that have been situations like this, you know, no, I've never ruined someone to the point that they're, you know, in fact, his rival was ruined. No, I haven't done something that bad. But even in recovery, I there's this story that I've told so many times. Um, and this is the story. I was I was a stay home mom for seven years. Um, and then I um, I uh, went back to work. I ended up going back to the same job I had left before I became a stay home mom. My daughter was going to be going to kindergarten. And so um, my boss asked me if I wanted to come back. The company had tripled in size, but while I was gone, um, there was a lot of chaos with the staff. 
it was still only like 20 people, but, you know, considering it had been seven or eight when I left, that was a big jump. And um, so part of my job was um, I did all the financial stuff, but I also, you know, was like the office manager, the administrator in charge of the staff. And so as I was thinking about this this week, I thought, you know, I should have done this differently. But then I realized it was my job to tell my boss what people were doing. So anyway, um, I was doing billing, but I was, you know, just learning all this stuff. And, and I discovered that this one bill that was like the pre-bill had just been filed and never actually sent out. And it was like six weeks late. And my coworker at the time said, don't tell the boss, don't tell him, like, just keep it to yourself. We'll figure it out. Just do it. Don't tell them. And it was just eating away at me. And I knew that the client, it, it's a law firm, and I knew that the client was really um, not a very nice person. And so, and it had been challenging to work with for my boss and everyone. So anyway, the day ended and I was still working and um, I went and I talked to my boss about it and I felt so free afterwards because you know we made a plan of how to fix it um and that night my son was away at camp or somewhere my daughter was with us and my um my husband had met me and we had gone to the movie and we were walking down this outdoor mall and we were you know we were just so happy and swinging her and this man told me that he from my office told me that he saw me and he saw this, you know, happy couple and their little girl. And he thought, Oh, that's so neat. And then he realized it was me. And I thought, you know, I never would have been that happy if I had not told the truth to my boss. But then I realized as I was reading it this week and how things are different in my life today, it's like, I don't think I would have implicated my coworker the way I did back then. You know, I, it's like, I didn't need to say what she, the part that she said, you know, I could have just taken ownership of my own part. But like I said, at the time I was supposed to be kind of keeping his eyes and ears. So I guess that's why I did it. But, you know, we just keep being refined in this program. It's not like, I came in here and I did the steps and then, you know, I've never had any serious long-term thing that I've had to deal with. Um, but the good news is I don't have to eat over it. And that incident that I just described, I, that was in 2003. So I'd been absent for 16 years. So it's not like I just arrived, worked these steps and then have never done anything foolish and never, had to uh, make, you know, restitution, make amends and all that stuff. It's just life keeps happening. And yes, thank God, I do things a lot better than I used to. And even, you know, when I got married, I handled things better than I would have in disease. But <laughs> it's just so far from perfect, you know, and so I'm so grateful that we have these guidelines of what to do, you know, and we have the reminder that we won't arrive, we won't rise above human and never um, have to learn how to navigate 
you know, I, it was just a, in the last couple of years um, uh, that I was reading the promises, which I've read, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times. And it says, we will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Well, what the part that just didn't sink in for me is situations that used to baffle us. So in other words, if I'm in a situation I've never been in, that doesn't mean that I'm magically going to know how to handle it. And I may not do it right, you know, in the beginning. Um, when I got married, again, it was after six or seven years of abstinence. My husband had been married for 10 years and had an, an ex-wife who had thought that she was going to ruin his life. And so she wasn't happy that he was so happy, even though she had uh, gotten remarried and that he had two children, two small children, and they um, were only two and four, soon became three and five after we got married. And she sort of treated them like a possession. And how she acted absolutely drove me crazy. And I would love to say that, you know, I just worked the steps on it. And, you know, things were better after six weeks, after six months. But no, it was probably six years before I really came to a place of complete surrender and said, okay, I am not going to engage with her the way I have in the past. I made amends to her because we did have this screaming discussion about a bill that she was supposed to pay and or something. And um, it was really not my place to be involved in all that. Um, I was trying to be quote helpful for my husband and you know, he could handle it. So I finally, finally let it go and let him deal with it. And, you know, that comes into relates to this um, part in this reading that says, whatever the situation, we usually, we usually have to do something about it. And what that something is, is not always clear as it describes in these two pages, like at every situation is not the same. It's not as if um, this program is just so black and white that, you know, you can look at an index and find out exactly what to do. You know, I have this puppy now and there's all kinds of information out there on how to train a puppy. And some of it is very contradicts each other a lot. And, um, you know, I've had to figure out my own puppy and what to do and what not to do. And I've had to make amends to my little puppy because, you know, I get very frustrated with her at times. And I'm so grateful that this program has taught me, you know, we are given a daily reprieve on a daily basis and we can just start over, just start our day over every single day. And I don't have to, um, or in the middle of the day, you know, I don't have to um, hide from my mistakes. I don't have to, um, to act like they aren't there uh, because that never goes well. As this says in this, um, this other part, he said, um, where is it? Uh, well, I can't find it, but he's where he says that, you know, if he could lose everything, if he didn't tell the truth and he could lose his sobriety, if he didn't tell the truth. So, or he could lose everything if he did tell the truth. And the reality is he could lose his sobriety if he didn't tell the truth. 
And that is the one that gets me every time because things come up on a regular basis. I still have the same boss who that was a good story about him, but he has driven me crazy for, I've known him for 29 years and he is, I'm seeing more and more that he is so much like me that I can't stand it. And you know, sometimes I'm able to just laugh at it and just be like, okay. And other times, you know, in the past, especially, it absolutely drove me crazy. And um, the fact that I have never burned my bridge with him, just like torched, you know, ran screaming from the building, told him everything I thought and, uh, you know, burned the bridge behind me is amazing and is only a result of this program and my higher power doing for me what I could not do for myself because it's been challenging. Um, but he's the boss. He gets to say the things that I might be thinking, but I don't say them. And he gets away with it. You know, no one, no one questions the boss usually. Um, and as we get older, you know, there's things that I forget that he forgets and, uh, you know, it's just uh, more and more challenging. But the good news is, is that I am not, I'm not all tied up about it anymore. I'm not totally angst about it. Um, majority of the time. Now, there are some days when I am. And it's a pretty good barometer of where's my spiritual condition. You know, where is my spiritual? Um, where am I spiritually? If I am, you know, continuing to get bothered by other people there's always something wrong with me and um so i'm just really grateful that you know it's embarrassing to say you know these things have happened in recovery but for me i got absent at a very young age and um so unless i wanted to just not live life there's a there's just always a chance that you know, more and more stuff is going to happen. Um, so I think that I'm pretty much done with what I had to say about this. Um, I did just think about, though, this situation with a friend of mine before I got abstinent. I was drinking. I was taking drugs. I had lost a ton of weight, but I was in the food. And her boyfriend basically raped me. And you know, it was just so awful. Um, not only that that happened to me, but also that he was, he was her boyfriend, you know? And so um, I did eventually tell her about that and apologize and, you know, said, I, I don't know what I could have done. I was just so out of it, but thank God, you know, I don't live that way today. I don't get out of it. And, um, so anyway, um, I'm going to go ahead and pass and thank you for inviting me.